We are back again for another Transformational Tuesday. This week we want to bring you more journeys, more stories, more information that's going to help you along your path too. So this week we have the amazing Kurrat with us. Hello. Do you want to just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you? Yes, good morning. My name is Kudrat. Um, I am a property investor. My background is um, economics. I studied economics at uni and I went on to qualify as an accountant. So my background's in accountants. I'm a qualified accountant and I then went into being a property investor. Awesome! So you've got a good set of all-round uh, vision of what's going on in the world, right? I love my numbers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So just tell us, like, what is it that interested you in property in the first place? Like, how did you come around thinking, yeah, I want to invest in property? So um, it came about a number of years ago um, where I loved the transformation of buying a property doing it up and so I've been doing this for a number of years and um, then I took a break and after a while just for personal reasons I went back into property and I thought I need to actually train properly and learn how to invest in property and um, the right way with regards to regulations hence I thought go back into property and um, you know do it the right way and take it on as a long-term investment and build that legacy for myself and my children. So you were lit what you were buying houses, living in them, doing them up and flipping them? Is that how you were doing it? Um, initially, we would buy a house, do it up and rent it out. So we did that for a while and then flip it afterwards. So we'll do it short term. When we get um, some capital growth on the property, we'll flip it and move on to the next one. So we weren't holding on to a lot of property for too long. Um, but we enjoyed the transformation where you go into a house that needs work, go in, paint it, do the refurb, rent it out for a short while, sell and then make some profit and move on. Okay, so that's how you was doing it. And then yeah. you said, okay, right, I want to learn how to do it. As a business. Business. Yeah, yes, business. yes, yes. We stopped, I stopped for a while due to some personal reasons and then I thought I need to go back into this because this is something I enjoy, it's a passion um, and I want to turn it into a business, hence I thought, you know, why not go back into it, learn how to do it properly and then go in full time. Yeah, so then what what was that? I mean, you, okay, you loved it, but what was the thought of, I've got to go and learn to do it properly? It was the... Um, the returns, the rental returns in terms of money coming in without having to do a lot of work afterwards. So initially, I'd go in, buy the property, we'll refurbish it. And once we got the tenants in, good tenants, um, we all we just did was just waited for, for the extra cash to come in at the end of the month. Um, and obviously the property also growing as well in terms of capital growth. So we had, the, we, we had that profit of having money coming in and also the property growing in, in, um, in gain, capital awesome. gain. Okay, good. So then what was it that you did start to do when you started to figure out how to do it properly? Did you start to straight away pick up where you left off? Um, Same th strategy? or I think what I, what I did initially was I thought about what strategy I wanted to go in. Because like we know property, there are different strategies. There's just a buy to let or go in as rent buying a house and renting them out in rooms. And I'd done my figures because I'm an accountant. Um, so I'd done my figures and I thought, why not maximise on having a property? And it's the reason why I went in for HMO. 
um, and that's my key strategy. Yeah, so you like HMO then, you're a bit uh, obsessed with them like me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do have a lot in common when it comes to HMO. I do, I do love my HMOs. Um, that's my key strategy, as I said. Um, the fact behind it is that I can have a property, um, rent them out in rooms, or I can have a property and rent it to a family. Yeah. And at the end of it, the bottom line is that you make much more money with regards to having HMO. Yes, you put a lot of work in at the beginning, and that's where the training, the learning, the regulations comes in, but at the back end you make much more money in terms of cash flow. And that was my key strategy. That is still my key strategy as well. So what have been your major challenges and like what's, what have been the blocks on your way to creating the success? I think going deeper into my strategy, it's not just an HMO strategy whereby I buy properties and rent them out. I want to buy properties, do it as an HMO and pull all my money back out at the end of it. So for me, I had to look for the right property, the right location that fitted my strategy, whereby at the back end I could get all my money back out and I could make that property work harder for me as opposed to buying a property, just doing it up and leaving the money in that deal. So it made me look for better, first of all, I had to look for the area where that strategy would work. Um, and then after finding the area, I had to decide whether I wanted a professional HMO or student HMO. Um, and then the little things like, would that room size fit my strategy? Um, so I just, I went in with all that at the back of my mind to look for the right area. And I've carried on ever since. And you've got different areas, haven't you? So not only do you operate HMO and you kind of do a mixture between students and professionals, a mixture, but you also operate in an Article 4 area as well, right? Yes, definitely. Article 4, um, what I do tell a lot of people is don't shy away from Article 4. So because you can do it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am living proof. I've done it so many times now. Um, I've got a property in my Article 4 area, actually two, that I had to apply for planning permission and it got refused initially, but I got them back on appeal. So I I think the thing is a lot of people shy away from it and I do like a challenge um, and that's kind of why I, I decided to go into the Article 4 area and I have been you know all my properties that I've bought I've got planning permission on them um, and yes they do generate absolutely high cash flow at the end of every month so it's very good demand in those areas but I think what's really interesting like for the viewers what they will find like, wow, you operate in Article 4 areas, and you got them refused. Like, how did you handle that and the whole appeal? Like, what was that challenge like? Um, for me, um, when I had um, both of my properties that I bought, the application refused, I, I didn't shy away. What I had to do was go back and do my homework. I went through the website, I looked at the requirements, I looked at ways of how I could mitigate that property against what the council wants. So for example, if the council say um, there are going to be too many cars, I could say, well, I'll do A, B and C to actually mitigate that problem. So I found solutions to that problem as opposed to just walking away. Mm -hmm. um, and it just means you being persistent and that's what I did. Uh, and I got the planning application through for the, those properties. And how long did that process take to overcome the refusal to get it granted? Um, within a year, to be honest, because um, you would have, I think it's about six weeks where you can actually appeal and then I did my homework and appealed. Um, and then you have, the, you have the option of either going in as a person or letting them, you know, the committee deciding. Um, and that's something I, I just did. I put in my appeal documents and then I just sat back and it came true. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So you never gave up because I think something like that, you know, that is a reasonably long process to go through 
with these type of deals, but as we know, we operate an article for ourselves, we know that they're worth it in regards to how much the values are gonna be and like the kind of income to expect. But it's like that could really scare someone. Like if it gets refused, what do I do then? If you don't have another strategy, did you have a different exit in mind if you didn't get that change round? Yeah, so I go into all my deals with at least three exit strategies, um, whether maybe I should sell it, maybe I should rent it out to a family or do an HMO. So these particular deals, I had three exit strategies, but I wasn't gonna give up on the key strategy, which was to turn it to an HMO. So for me, I had to go all the way first of all, to see whether I could get that planning application approved, um, which I did. Um, and obviously, once you get that approved in an Article 4 area, the property value goes up and automatically by 30%. Yeah. So why not? It's something I, I had no two ways about it. I wanted to go all the way for that. And yes, I, I did get the planning application um, approved. And yes, the property value did go up. And yes, I pulled out all my money out at the back end and a little bit more. So <laughs> HMO, you can't fault it. It's, it's a strategy that I will recommend to anyone, really. Awesome. And like we're talking about challenges that you come across. So uh, your strategy is to invest money into a deal, be able to convert it, add value to it into a HMO, and then pull the money back out. Have there been any challenges in, uh, in you, you always doing that strategy? Um, that's my key strategy. That's how I go in. The first one I actually did, I got the help of my lovely Trisha here, that <laughs> after I had done it, I'd added value to it, and I wanted to go in to refinance and pull my money out. Um, Trisha did help me out with that, and I, I was able to pull all my money out and a little bit more. And so I think the key thing is to ask if you're not sure, and the th key thing is that you can, you can learn how to do it. So for me, um, I was lucky to have Trisha to help me with that, and I was able to pull my money out. But it is a key strategy that I use, and I don't go into any of these deals without being able to pull at least 95% of all my money out. So. And you're using investor finance for your deals as well. So how, how do you find that place? Do you have any challenges around raising money and like um, what, what the feedback is on it? I think initially I was kind of skeptical. Would I get investors? How would they invest in me? But I think over the time, over the years, what they have seen is that they've seen results. I'm able to show that it can be done. It has been done. And I have proven that it, it can be done. And with that, investors, they're, they're always... I met someone yesterday and he goes, oh, I've got 50k, can I invest with you? Or no, I don't want the money, can you reinvest? So you always have, initially you would think it's not possible, but there's so much money out there that you wouldn't believe it. And it isn't a problem for me now. So um, I've got someone pull out of deal last week. I've got another investor lined up. So it's, it's just, it's e it gets easier over time. So, so yeah. what, is, what is it that's easier? Because the steps of how it works is obviously the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, at the end, all the steps, you know the steps, you're yeah. following the process. So what is it that gets easier, do you think? I think initially the problem is putting yourself out there. That's what I found. I, I, I was shy. I don't put myself out there. But now I talk to everybody about what I do. You can't keep me quiet about what I do. <laughs> I, I shout as much as possible. Wherever I go, I'm talking about property. I enjoy talking about property. So putting yourself out there, tell them what you do, show them results. And I always tell them, if you're interested, come and talk to me.
So you leave the door open at the end of the discussion and you will find out that they do come to talk to you about it. If not in public there, they do message you offline. <laughs> so, so that in itself is a yeah. personal transformation. Yes, definitely, you. definitely. Awesome. Yeah. So what are some of the results that you have been... Have, you, this, transformation that you have been through now what are the results that you are getting um i've got a couple of projects that i got going live this month um i've got a four bed that i purchased and secured and that's going to be turned into a six bed all on suite with that i'm going to be getting all my money out and much more so that's going to be going live at the end of the month i've got another one which should be going live in a couple of weeks which is i secured as a three bed and it's going to be turned into a five bed hmo that's in an article four era so i'll be getting my money out and so much more with that one um and so I have, and I've got two other big products coming along. I've got um, 10 beds, two 10 bed HMOs, which are in the process of being secured. And once those go through, I will be aiming to get all my money out. And the target is if I can't get everything out, at least I get 90% of my money out of each deal. So it's a win-win. Awesome. And which yeah. ones have you either in progress or have you done over this last year as well? Um, I've got a couple that i uh, done in terms of HMOs and those are article for areas. Um, I've got a six bed HMO which is complete now and it's fully um, rented out. And with that one, it's in an article for area. I got all my money out and much more. So um, that's fully rented out. I've got another one which is a four bed and I'm turning that into a six bed. So I have people in there now and um, they're going to be moving out in a couple of months, which I'm also going to be turning into six bed all on suite. And that's all within a space of a couple of years. Yeah. So just by going back to that one you talked about where you got the help, what was, um, what was the difference in terms of what was going to be left in or what the valuation was and then what it was, you know, what it, what it So initially, Trisha, remind me if I, if I forget this, but initially, <laughs> I had done all the works and I thought, yeah, I've got it right this time. And I wanted to revalue. And I think I went in at two, two something, two, uh, two, two, five. And Trisha went, no way, you can't do that. And I think at the end of it, I, I got it out for three, two, five. So there was a hundred K difference in what I wanted to do. And after speaking to Trisha, I did. And it did, you know, at the end of the day, that's the, that's the difference in actually talking to someone or instead of just keeping it to yourself. So for me, it's, it was absolutely awesome that I got to connect with Trisha. And again, our strategies are, are the same and we invest in similar areas. And so she did help me with that particular um, refinance and, and it was absolutely awesome. It was over the moon of 100K difference in one transaction. So anything you invested in yourself, was it worth it? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, it's the way you have to invest in yourself. I, I speak to people, um, I run property meetups and I say you must invest in yourself. If you don't invest in yourself, do not expect miracles. Um, I see people going on to jumping from one free seminar to the other, not focusing on something they want to do. Um, so it's a win-win. You invest in yourself, you make money doing that. So you have to spend the money to get something out of it. Nothing comes free. Um, and all my investments so far, in terms of training, no regrets. So yeah, it's we, awesome. We've talked about it before, right? It's not like the people think, oh, it's going to cost me money, or you know, why, why do I pay this money? Yeah. And then the, the next level of p people are like, oh, what's my return on investment? Yeah. So like, what am I going to get out of it? People never ask themselves the question, what's the cost 
of inaction. So mm. people talk about ROI, but what about COI? I mean, we said it many times yeah. before. It's like, what about the cost of inaction? Yeah, yeah. If, if, well, the cost of inaction would have been 100K. Just That's what I was going to say. I was, I was just going to say that. In one deal, if I hadn't connected with Trisha, I would have lost 100K. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm getting some money. But I could have made 100K more. And so it's a no-brainer. One has to train him or herself to get to the next level. And now, before I would have said, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this. But I don't hold back in whatever I want. So for example, if it's public speaking I want to invest in, I think, and I see a good course, I go for it. I don't hold back because when you spend money, you get results. Not only do you get results, you meet lovely people. I've met fantastic people you over the number of years. Yes, right? I, I was awesome. Yes. And his daughter, Oni Brown. So the thing about it is that I spend, you know, I spend money not just about the training, but to meet awesome people and connect with them. I JV with a lot of people that I've met along my journey, which has also helped me. And I learn from them and they learn from me. So we, we bounce off one another. Um, we hold one another accountable as well so we also have you know business partners accountability partners and it's just been awesome so so what would you say are either one or some of the biggest turnarounds differences from just doing you know one property at a time and you know doing it the way you used to do it to now working on all these multiple projects big temp base big conversions what's yeah. what's a big turn so for me it was scalability so initially when i used to do property years ago i would do one after the other one first move on to the next one get some money pull it out but now due to the understanding the ability to use other people's money the ability to jv with other people i am able to have numerous different projects at the same time at the moment i'm looking at three different projects and a land development so there's so many things you can do by jv by meeting different people and the ability to scale and so it's key that you train yourself and know how to do that as well you can't just go in um, and think okay i'm just going to get someone and, and just do do a jv you need to know what to look and out it's for about, like because you know we were talking to somebody before um on the last program and he found he was just racing forward trying to get as many projects as he could because that would mean that he's doing well it's like you're talking there about you know three projects that you've got going on but right scalability now to, is to key. some people they'd be like oh three that's not very much but that's in excess of 30 odd units yeah so when you look at it like that yes you can have a small amount it's about what does this project give me in return and is that going to give me an excellent um income with my outcome like what is it for is it going to create that freedom for me yeah um it, it, you can do smaller amounts it's hilarious you, you could do one project it could be 10 million yeah. you know it, it doesn't matter but i think it's the way that you think yeah. but what i quite like with you is that you're still doing multiple strategies you're not putting all your eggs in one basket basket and you've got your bread and butter deals but then yeah. you've now scaled and you've got these like you say developments the big 10 beds and stuff yeah. are, are you nervous about that <sighs> I was, but not anymore, yeah. you know, um, you know definitely, <laughs> I, I, I was, normally if I had a, bed, um, a house more than five bed, I would panic, but now most of my projects, 90% of my projects are 10 beds or more, uh, the commercial conversions, the land developments, the 10 beds here and there, and again, what I wanted to touch on is about delegating, I had the problem of delegating, I wanted everything, mm -hmm. 
do myself. So, but now I'm able to delegate, get a project manager to help you. That's the only way you can scale. You can't be in all these places at the same time. So I have a project manager that helps me out with some of my projects. There are some that are not too far away that I can oversee myself. So I look at what needs to be done to scale as opposed to I need to get everything and keep it to myself and run mental doing it. So um, I've learned to take a seat back now um, and delegate. Uh, and, you know, the key thing is looking for the deals, making sure they stack. That's, that's key for me. So the way I look at things has changed completely to the way I used to look at things before. So, yeah, awesome. that's awesome. So if you had some advice for people who maybe are thinking about either investing in themselves or just getting into property or maybe they're already in it but they're just operating at a small level because of some fear or something like that have you got any advice or any thoughts that went through your mind that may have slowed you down or stopped you that you can that you can give um feel the fear and do it anyway so there are going to be fears when i started out i was fear of talking to people i was shy of having you know speaking and talking to them about what i was doing because I'm an accountant. What am I doing in accounting going into the property? So I had to talk to people about what I was doing and I had to train. Initially, I was thinking, oh my God, I've got to put all that money down. Really? That's a lot of money to learn how to do a certain thing. And after a while, I'm thinking, you, it's a no-brainer. That's money well spent. The transformation, the difference in what I was doing before has changed tremendously and what I see in terms of result. So for me, it's about knowing what you want to do. If you wanted to get into property, don't hold back, learn, go out and choose, you know, learn how to do it the right way. Um, if you need to get a JV partner, do it the right way. Whatever you have to do, learn how to do it and do it the right way and connect with people, you know. Awesome. awesome. You, it's a total transformation. It's amazing to watch you grow and I'm excited to see what you do this year. Yeah, definitely. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing it with the people. I'm sure you're going to inspire many more people than you've already inspired because your way of taking action, staying in the game, following the process, even when it doesn't seem to go your way, is, <laughs> yeah. uh, is fantastic to watch. Yeah. So as always, you've got to remember this one thing. You've got to do the right thing for the right reason because that's the only way that you're going to discover your true potential.